0: How many was glad when they said, let us go to the house of God? How many know God's always got something good in his house? He's got something good on the table for you tonight. Praise God. A lot of times our level of expectation also determines our level of reception. I Got two amens on that. Yeah. God is good. How many say God is good? Let me see your testimony. I got the whole crowd. Praise God. Amen. Well, we welcome those of you watching through some other venue. We welcome those of you right here in the live service. If you have your Bible, go ahead and turn to Luke chapter 10. Our key scripture tonight will come from Luke chapter 10. Uh, I'll read my text and then uh, give you my uh, little quick brief introduction here. But in Luke chapter 10, if you would please, Luke chapter 10, there's a story that you probably know and love as much as me. I was reading this story a couple of weeks ago, and the Lord spoke to me, and a, a rhema word came to me, and it had to do with being prepared and what we're sharing here tonight. Uh, so, uh, Luke 10, 38 through 42, I'm reading from the New Living Translation, if you will. Luke chapter uh, 10, verses 38 through 42, from the New Living Translation. I'll read these verses. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village, where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work tell her to come help me but the Lord said to her my dear Martha you are worried and upset over all these details and there is only one thing worth being concerned about and Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken away from her verse 40 again but Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing she came to Jesus and said "Lord." Doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? The title of this message tonight, but that's not fair. But that's not fair. That's a phrase that comes off of so many lips of so many believers today. Because I don't care who you are, if you live in this world, there are times when all of us go through times where we experience something that's not fair. And how we respond during those times is critically important to our ability to walk in victory. How many of you can ever say, would testify and say, I've been through things in my life that just weren't fair? Anybody here is just Brother Bill. I got two people in the crowd. How many say, I've been through things in my life. There were times in my life something was not fair. Yeah. Yeah. There you are. Yeah, I see you. And um, so we can all say that. No doubt have all said that. Um, Ten years ago, uh, those words were coming off of my lips. I was saying to the Lord, I was going through a big ordeal, and I was saying to the Lord, Lord, it's not fair. You see what I'm going through? And you know that's not fair. And I was telling the Lord of, The things I felt I'd done and stuff I felt I'd done right. And I was saying to him, Lord, you know what I'm going through is not fair. And as I was telling the Lord how unfair my situation was, the Lord spoke to my heart. And he told me to stop saying that because I was starting to complain. And, and, and as I said, I've, I've, I've said there's no doubt It doesn't matter who you are It doesn't matter where you've come from If you're living in this world You have to experience things that are unfair The world is unfair Life is unfair They're unfair down there on your job They're unfair in your family They're unfair among your friends Go to the store They're unfair at the store There's no place on the planet that you can go and not potentially experience unfairness, unfair situations. And if you're not careful, you can find yourself crying out like Brother Bill, but that's not fair. And the Lord told me to stop saying that, not because my situation wasn't unfair, but the Lord was saying to me, I see you. I see right where you are. I know right what you're going through. I already know that. So you saying that over and over again is not going to help you get on the victory side. And so often people complaining about how unfair a situation is, even when it's unfair, when you just keep complaining and complaining and complaining, when people complain, the next thing they do is they blame. And when you start blaming, you'll get out of love. And when you get out of love, you won't walk on the victory side. And something may have truly happened that's unfair to you. But once you start blaming people, once you start playing the blame game, it'll be hard to walk on the victory side. Because to walk on the victory side, you got to walk in love. To walk in love, you got to forgive. I wish I had a bigger amen than that. And so many times people are identifying with what's unfair. That's unfair. God, that's unfair. How they did me was unfair. How they treated me was unfair. But wait a minute. But wait a minute. God knows that. The question is, can you submit yourself to him? Can you allow yourself to be led by the Spirit when you've been treated unfair? Oh, I ain't going to get no amen there. We could just close the book and go home, just meditate on that one phrase. I feel like I would have done a good job. Can we be led by the Spirit when we feel like we've been treated unfair? Because just because someone has been treated unfair is not a license for you and I to, to stop allowing the Spirit of God to lead us. And sometimes when Christians experience something unfair, then they say, oh no, I ain't taking that. Oh no, I ain't, I ain't taking that. I ain't taking that. Mm-mm. Oh no, 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 I ain't taking that. And they're really saying, they're, they don't say this literally, but really they're saying spiritually to God, come down off the throne of my life. I'm going to handle this one. You come on down, Jesus. Come on down. Come on down. No, come on down. Get down. Get down. Get down. I'm coming up there. I'm going to handle this in the flesh. I ain't taking that. I ain't putting up with that. Oh no, they did. Oh no, they didn't. I know they did not. Oh no, they didn't. I ain't taking that. Oh no, you didn't. Oh no, you did. Oh no, I bet you. Oh no, you did. Oh, oh. <laughs> what you really say, come on down, Jesus. Come off the throne of my life. Come on down, because I'm going to handle this one. I'm, gonna have a, I'm about to have a fit of carnality. Anybody ever had a fit of carnality? <laughs> I got some answers. Like oh man. There's unfairness everywhere you look, there's something unfair going on. Somebody's been treated unfairly. But the remedy when we are treated unfairly, as I say, is not to take matters into our own hands. It's to look to the Lord and to let him lead us. Let's go back to the word. First, go with me to Psalm 119, verse 137. Let's turn quick. Psalm 119, verse 137. This is the new living. If you don't get there by the time I read, then just write the reference down and I'll catch you at the next bus stop. Uh, Psalm 119, verse 137. Oh, Lord, you are righteous and your regulations are fair. I like that. God's a fair God. You know, if you're experiencing unfairness in your life, the worst thing you can do is begin to blame God. Because no matter what has happened to you, I can guarantee you this. God has not been unfair to you. Brother won't get no amen to teaching like that. But you ought to start from the premise, no matter what happens in your life, you ought to start from the premise that God is, first of all, a fair God. He's always fair, just like he's always good. I met a lady over here in the neighborhood. I shared one time, a couple times in sermons here, you know. I met a lady over here in the, in the, the uh, neighborhood. We were doing some witnessing real close here to Ramah and... and um, And she felt like God had been unfair and she, she just, she didn't want to hear about Jesus because she told me God, God was not real. She said, God's not real. And, and she said she used to believe in God and then she, her husband, what happened is her husband passed away. He was retiring as a truck driver and he passed away and she was looking forward to a life of retirement and she felt that God did that, which he didn't. And then she said, she's going to stop believing in God. God is always Fair. There is one who is unfair. There is one causing calamity. There is one who's wreaking havoc. And it is Satan himself. And that's why Jesus said in John 10:10 10, 10, the thief cometh not but for to steal and kill and destroy. That word thief is klepto. It means to steal without somebody knowing. So 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 when there's destruction, when there's lying, when there's stealing, there is a source of it all and it's the enemy. It's Satan. But sometimes people don't know that or they unwisely attribute that to God and it's just not true. God is a fair God. Look at Psalm, 9, Psalm uh, 9, verse 4. Psalm 9, verse 4. Psalm 9, verse 4. And then verse 8 and 9. Psalm 9, verse 4. For you have judged in my favor from your throne. You have judged with fairness. He will judge the world with justice and rule the nations with fairness. The Lord is a shelter for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. God's a fair God. He's always fair. He can't be anything but fair and good. His nature is fair and good. Yeah. God also gives fairness to his people. Look at Psalm 103, verse 6. Psalm 103, verse 6. Psalm 103, verse 6. It says this. The Lord gives righteousness and justice to all who are treated unfairly. I like that. God knows how to bring righteousness and justice to people who feel like they've been treated unfairly. Yeah. And on and on we can go. But back to our our key text. Uh, It said there in in Luke 10 at verse 40, Martha said this, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Martha was feeling she was getting the short end of the stick. Martha was feeling she was doing more than her fair share of the work. Martha was feeling that she was being left out, neglected by Jesus and and Mary. and, And she was telling Jesus, Tell her to help me, tell her to help me. Doesn't it seem unfair? Martha cried out with a voice of desperation that reflects what so many people feel today. Doesn't it seem unfair? So I want to speak in the time that I have left and share seven brief things. We're going to run seven brief things. And these seven things are, are keys so that we can walk in victory. We can walk in victory, even if you feel you've been treated unfair. And I tested these things and proved these things. And I can say in my own life, I've seen God be faithful. Bring me out on the victory side. And I've learned when I experience something that's not right, don't handle it in the flesh. Don't handle it by blaming. No, there's a way to handle it. We're going to talk about it tonight. Seven things, seven ways you can walk in victory, even when you feel like you've been treated unfairly. And again, this title is, but that's not fair. All right. Number one, what, what's the first thing? What's the first thing? The first thing you should remember if you've been treated unfairly, are you listening now? The first thing is you should be joyful. Be joyful. You say, where are you getting that? Go with me to First Peter. All of these principles are going to come out of First Peter. And uh, when I, 10 years ago, when I felt like I was going through something that wasn't fair, uh, the Lord took me to Peter. And these verses were a wealth, were a reservoir of refreshing wave after wave. These verses brought peace and grace and strength to me. And uh, uh, First Peter chapter 1, Verses uh, 6 and 7. 1 Peter 1, 6 and 7. So be truly glad, it says in the New Living. There is wonderful joy ahead. Even though you must endure many trials for a little while, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. And though your faith is far more precious than mere gold, so when your faith remains strong, Through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. He said, verse 6 again, be truly glad there is wonderful joy ahead. And when you feel like you've been treated unfairly, the worst thing you can do is let go of your joy. When when you feel like you've been treated unfairly, you need to maintain your joy. Nehemiah eight ten. you know it, the joy of the Lord is our what? is our strength yeah yeah and so joy there ought to be joy bells ringing joy bells ringing you know uh, look at first thessalonians 5 real quick first thessalonians 5 15 through 18 we ought to maintain our joy maintain your joy okay they're not doing you right down there on the job maintain your joy okay your friends didn't treat you right maintain your joy okay mama and them ain't treating you right now maintain your joy whatever's gone wrong whoever you think's not treating you fair Oh there's a way to get on the victory side or stay on the victory side if you'll do these seven things. One is be joyful. Be joyful. First Thessalonians 5:15. See that no one pays back evil for evil, but always try to do good to each other and to all people. Look at 16. Look at 16 now. First Thessalonians 5:16. Always be joyful. I'm going to read that again. Every now and then be joyful. I'm going to read it again. When you feel like it be joyful. Thank you The Bible says always be joyful Verse 17 Never stop praying Be thankful in all circumstances For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus Listen uh, we, We don't have to be thankful for all circumstances The Bible says be thankful in the midst of all circumstances Why? Because God is a delivering God He's a helping God He's a strengthening God He's a God who'll give you favor in the time of need He's a God who'll bring you out on the victory side Amen So we need to maintain our joy And if you can maintain your joy, you can walk in faith. People who give up their joy give up their faith right after that. Joy and faith go together like faith and love go together. Your your faith will stop working if you get out of love, and your faith will stop working if you give up your joy. Can a brother get one amen on that? I'll keep going if you give me amen there. Listen, so listen, so the first thing is be joyful. Listen, the second thing, be patient. Be patient. Now, we went to 1 Peter chapter 1. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 2 for this. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 19 and 20. 1 Peter 2, 19 and 20. Be patient. 1 Peter 2, 19, For God is pleased. Everybody say, God is pleased. Oh, man, something pleases God. Let's see what it is. For God is pleased when conscious of his will. You patiently endure unjust treatment. Of course, you get no credit for being patient if you're beaten for doing wrong, but if you suffer for doing good and endure it patiently, God is pleased with you. Wow. And can I say this? When we govern our behavior and attitude, man, God can do so many things in our lives. And how we respond when we're not being treated well will determine two things number one how long you stay in the situation and number two how high you're elevated when it becomes your due season I said the failure the failure listen if we if we fail to be patient in our situation we're gonna delay that situation Israel had a two-week journey to the promised land they turned it into a 40-year ordeal they weren't patient at the first sign of heat, you know what they did? They started complaining. When they got, started complaining, what did I say you do when you complain? If you complain, you'll blame, thank you. If you complain, you'll blame. And the, and the moment they, they felt a little heat, they said, oh, it's getting hot out here. It's getting hot out here. Three days after they crossed over the Red Sea, had all those miracles, they experienced a little bit of heat. They started complaining. And then they said, we ain't got no water. We ain't got no water. whoa. We, well, we ain't got no water. What are we going to do? We're going to die. We're going to die. We're going to die. We're going to die. We're gonna die. We're gonna die. and they started complaining and they got out of faith and God forgave them and they complained and God forgave them and they complained when they gave them water then they said we ain't got no bread when he gave them bread they said we ain't got no meat he gave them meat they were still complaining they complained about the heat he put clouds over them to block the heat he led them by a a pillar of cloud uh, during the day and and a pillar of fire at night and, and they still complained be patient. If you feel like you've been wronged, you feel like you're not being treated well, you've got to be patient in that thing. God is pleased when he sees his son and daughter respond in the right way. Can I tell you what I'm not saying in this point? If you're experiencing abuse, you need to get out of that. God's word doesn't tell anybody to put up with abuse and go through abuse and stay in abusive situations. I'm not talking about somebody beating on you and all that. You need to get out of that. Sometimes you have to say stuff like that because people will twist your words and make it seem like you're saying something that you shouldn't. But, but when we're not talking about an abusive situation, you need to be patient in that thing. God's watching you. And he's also watching how we respond. And the Bible said right there twice, God is pleased. God is pleased when he sees, even if we're suffering unjust treatment, but we're responding to it patiently. Next, listen, uh, so we need to be joyful, be patient. Let's go a little faster. Listen, uh, number three, be quiet and turn it over to God. Can I get an amen on this point? You still want the scripture for this or can I just go on? To give you the scripture? Okay, 1 Peter <laughs> 2, 21 through 23. 1 Peter 2, 21 through 23. For God called you to do good, even if it means suffering, just as Christ suffered for you. He is your example and you must follow in his steps. He never sinned nor deceived anyone. He did not retaliate when he was insulted nor threaten revenge when he suffered. He left his case in the hands of God who always judges fairly. Oh my, did you see what I just read there? How did Christ, listen, the Bible says in, in 21 that Christ has left you and I some footsteps. So that when we are treated unfairly, there are some footsteps that... How many know the the person to have been treated the worst in the history of the world, the most unfairly treated person in the history of the entire world is the Lord Jesus Christ. The, The Lord Jesus Christ was spotless. He knew no sin. And yet he was treated with shame and as a sinner And he was beaten and bludgeoned and went to the cross for you and I. It was the most unfair thing that's ever happened. But thank God, aren't you glad that it happened? Because he, in the midst of how he was unfairly treated, he bore our sins. And he bore our pain and he bore our punishment. And the stripes on his back were for our healing. And so be quiet and turn it over to God. Jesus left footsteps, it says in 21, and he expects us to walk in his footsteps. What's that? His example. What was his example? What well, says it right there in 22. He didn't open up his mouth. He didn't revile. He didn't say, I'm going to get you. He didn't say, oh, you wait. You, you, you wait. My father's going to send some angels. And you're going to get it now. No, he didn't do that. He didn't open up his mouth at the people who mistreated him. And you and I have to be careful about how we open our mouth. I can tell, brother, not getting amens on this sermon. I'm going to slow down and take extra time. We're going to be here an extra hour. We're going to finish about 10 p.m. till I get a fair level of amens. Or you could just speed up the level of amens, and then we'll end on time. That was up to you. But anyway, let's go on. (laughs) Remember, death and life are in the power of your own tongue. Let's follow Jesus' example. He closed his mouth. He watched his words. He turned his case over to the Father who knows how to handle things justly next be aware you said be joyful yes you said be patient yes you said be quiet and turn it over to God yes be aware be aware of what first Peter chapter three now verses one through four and then verse seven be aware be aware of what God's watching you he's watching how you treat his daughter he's watching how you treat his son 1 Peter 3, 1 through 4, In the same way you wives must accept the authority of your husbands, then even if some of them refuse to obey the good news, your godly lives will speak to them without any words. Let me stop right there. There's a powerful admonition to you women folk on how to win your man folk if you don't feel your man folk is doing right. And if hubby is not doing the right thing, there's a way to win him. Why? God will partner with you. God will come alongside with you. God, see, you may not be able to get hubby's attention, but God knows how to do it. And if you'll turn your case over to the Father, he will partner with you, and he knows how to get husbands' attention. Yeah. Yeah. And then down in the same chapter, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, in the same way you husbands must give honor to your wives, treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, but she's an equal partner in God's gift of new life. Treat her as you should so that your prayers will not be hindered. So be aware that God sees how you're treating your spouse. And your spouse is first of all his daughter. Your spouse is first of all his husband. Uh, uh, his his man, his son. So your husband, his son. So 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 God's watching how you treating that man. God's watching how you treating that girl. If you feel like your partner hasn't treated you right, turn your case over to the Lord. He'll help you. He'll bring you out on the victory side. So often people get in the flesh and try and handle it themselves. What do you got next, brother Bill? Listen, be forgiving. 1 Peter three sixteen. Go with me to 1 Peter three sixteen. But do this in a gentle and respectful way. Keep your conscience clear that if people speak against you, they will be ashamed when they see what a good uh, life you live because you belong to Christ. Remember, it is better to suffer for doing good if it is what God wants than to suffer for doing wrong. So keep your conscience clear and forgive and forget. 1 Peter 4, eight says this, 1 Peter 4.8, Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. Yeah. Remember this, without forgetting, there can be no forgiving. I said, without forgetting, there can be no forgiving. So how do you do that? You choose what you think about. Think about good things. Think about positive things. Philippians 4, 8. Think about things that lead to a good report. Things that are honorable. Things that are honest and just. And things that are praiseworthy. Think about that. Next, be humble. So what did you say? You said be joyful. Be patient. Be quiet and turn it over to God. Be aware. Be forgiving. Be humble. 1 Peter 5, 5 through 7. 1 Peter 5. 5 through 7. In the same way, you who are younger must accept the authority of elders. All of you, dress yourselves in humility as you relate to one another. For God opposes the proud. Listen now. God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God. And at the right time, some versions say, in due season, he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries, verse 7, give all your worries and cares to God. For he cares about you. You feel like you're being treated unfairly? Humble yourself. Don't take matters into your own hands. Give people the benefit of the doubt. Sometimes you can make false assumptions about what people are saying or thinking, but control your thoughts. Humble yourself. Yeah. Let the Lord help you, let the Lord handle it. Be humble. And then, finally, be mindful. Be mindful is number seven. I said be joyful, be patient, be quiet, and turn it over to God. Be aware. Uh, Be forgiving. Be humble. Be mindful. Be mindful of what? What are you talking about now, Brother Bill? Be mindful that God's grace will see you through. Where are you getting that from? 1 Peter 4:19. 1 Peter 4:19. So if you are suffering in a manner that pleases God, keep on doing what is right and trust your lives to the God who created you, for he will never fail you. Everybody say he'll never fail you. Say it this way: He'll never fail me. Yeah. And then uh, let's get one more scripture in here. First Peter 5:10 through 12. Be mindful. God's grace will see you through. 1 Peter 5, 10 through 12. It says this, in his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you have suffered a little while, he will restore, support, and strengthen you. He will place you on firm foundation. All power to him forever. Amen. Verse 12, "Uh, I have written and sent this short letter to you with the help of Silas, whom I commend to you as a faithful brother. My purpose in writing this is to encourage you and assure you, that what you are experiencing is truly a part of God's grace for you. Stand firm in his grace. Remember this, my friend. What you're going through is temporary. It won't last long. So hang in there, walk in love, and be a blessing. Let me conclude by saying this. Turn your case over to God, but release whoever may have hurt you. I wish your brother could get more than two amens for that. Turn your situation over to God, But release whoever has hurt you. In Genesis 50, verse 20 and 21, our last verse. Genesis 50, verse 20 and 21. You know the story. Joseph said to his brothers, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. No, don't be afraid. I will continue to take care of you and your children. And so he reassured them, that's his brothers, by speaking kindly to them. Joseph was in an unfair situation, but he learned how to turn his situation over to God. and God delivered him and elevated him in the due season, and God will do the same for you. Let's pray together. Father, we've endeavored, as we've shared these few moments, to speak on this subject, but that's not fair. So many people have said those words out of their mouth. Like me, I said that 10 years ago. And yet, Father, your word always has the answer if we feel like we haven't been treated fair. Father, someone listening to the sound of my voice is going through a situation, circumstance, or scenario where they're at home or at work or in their school or among their friends or among their family or some situation where they feel like they're being treated unfair. Others don't feel that way tonight but might walk in that situation soon where they feel like something's happened to them and they feel like they've been treated unfair. Oh, but Father, we appeal to you We do what you said. We walk in love. We follow the footsteps of the Lord Jesus. We watch our words and what we're saying, these principles that we've talked about tonight. And we turn the case over to you. Father, help us when we feel like we've been treated unfair to walk in love, to not play the blame game. Oh, Father God, to reach out, to be a blessing. Father God, thank you for helping your people tonight. Thank you for touching people tonight. Encourage, strengthen, restore, rebuild. In Jesus' name, amen. If you need anything tonight, you want to be saved. You want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You have need for a prayer partner. Our prayer partners are coming. And these folks also have a supply of the Spirit. And as they come down, you know how we do it by now. If you're a guy, come on over here to the guys. And if you're a girl, come on over here. Sister Winnie is anointed from the Lord. They're not here to counsel you, but they are here to agree with you in prayer. They've got a supply of the Spirit. And uh, you need something tonight uh, that we didn't cover in that prayer. Come on down here, and you won't leave here like you came in Jesus' name. We want you to remember be careful going home and as you get around tomorrow. And... um, Continue to keep the Hagans in. We need to keep them in our prayers as they travel and minister to the world. Uh, we have the greatest pastors, and uh, we lend them out to the world. Let's keep them lifted up in prayer. Be here Wednesday for Hour of Power. And I think that's all that we get in things. Anything else? I think we're good to go. We love you. God bless you. We'll see you Wednesday, Hour of Power.